Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the uh, my podcast, Seventy Places, uh, or Blog Talk. I'm your host, Jameer, along here with Dorothy. Um, sorry about all the, the miscommunication with last week. I had a whole, whole lot of different uh, travel traveling going on, and and going from the East Coast time, the Central time, and all those kind of things. But I am I'm back in again here this week, and I won't be going anywhere for for a while. At least that's what they tell me. Um, this evening I will open up in prayer. Go ahead and open up in prayer. Father, we thank you for your goodness, grace, and mercy. We thank you for your love and kindness and salvation. Father, I pray Lord, for everyone who's listening, Father Lord, and tuning in, that you would draw them closer towards you. Um, and if they don't know you, Father, that they will come to have a relationship with you, Father. And I also pray for the healing of, of people's bodies, healing people's minds, souls, finances, relationships, um, and anything that concerns them, Father. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. So last week we were supposed to be talking about the body, not the body of Christ, well, they're sort of almost the same same thing, but in particularly the uh, bride of Christ, uh, the bride of Christ, a very, very um, popular subject, very popular message. Um, but what is very interesting as I was studying this, uh, the bride of Christ, um, is that actually that that phrase, you know, is really nowhere mentioned in Scripture. But we have a lot of teachings about the Bride of Christ. But like if you were to, to search the Scripture, and particularly in, in the, uh, I didn't really look at the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, you don't hear anything about um, Bride of Christ, like those three words or the Bride of Christ um, anywhere in the New Testament. And um, that right there kind of uh, amazed me because there's so many teachings on that. You, would, I would thought that would be easy, something easy to pull up. But uh, during, during my studying, I actually found out, though, the Bride of Christ is not listed anywhere in Scripture. It is very much so implied in Scripture. So even though it doesn't say it directly, it does say it indirectly. Um, and a few of the scriptures I would like to start off with. Actually, one of them is Second uh, Corinthians chapter eleven, verse two. Second <clears throat> Corinthians chapter eleven, verse two, um, and that is a. Uh, uh, of course, we know Paul. He was writing to the Corinthian church, and he is saying, "I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy." And this is Paul. He's basically saying that uh, that he is jealous for the, the Corinthians, and he has like a godly jealousy um, about that. And we know uh, throughout Scripture, it talks about God being uh, a jealous. You know, God is being jealous, and you know, a lot of times we see the jealous as um, 
something that's this bad that we that we should not do. But right here it says to God that there's a, a godly jealousy that we can have, which is a I find that I found very very interesting, you know, because there's there's also a, a godly anger and all these kind of things. A lot of these emotions we as humans we experience, you know, and uh, in life, and I believe our Father He gave gave us these emotions and feelings because He have them, but because of sin, because of sin, um, a lot of our emotions is um, kind of corrupted or tampered with. So it's not. So this is a godly jealousy. So I believe like there's it's it's not what we know to be as jealous. Or, or or our understanding of jealousy, but it's like a different type of jealousy where it's uh, more spiritually, it's more godly, you know. Um, it's almost kind of like a an explanation I would kind of give to you is like we have a lot of different um, things that, that the Father God originally planted into this world, into creation, like different types of fruits, Different types of uh, insects, different types of organisms, and all these types of things that uh, I believe were created in creation. But we have a lot of these things like parasites and things like that that are causing destruction and causing diseases and things like that now. And it's like, why would um, Father God create those things? And I haven't really heard anyone teach on it, but um, just my understanding of it is that Originally, their purpose, all the, all the purposes that are different, the plants, every plant that we have in this world, I believe it it, it originally had a godly purpose. Even um, some of the, the like the opioids and all these kind of things that man is is uh, distorting and corrupting. I believe all these things had an original purpose or godly intent, but because of a uh, the enemy, Satan, and because of man, ourselves, sin, we always corrupt everything. <laughs> everything is uh, corrupt. So these, uh, I believe when man fell, all the organisms and all these other things fell, like even mosquitoes. I don't. I believe it was, uh, this is just my own personal thing and, and side thing, but I believe mosquitoes, was probably something else originally, but because of the fall of sin, they kind of kind of got it corrupted too, as a uh, a creeping crawling thing, and they believe something that was working against man instead of something that was working for man. And we have a whole lot of lot of things that like that that goes on naturally, but then we have our emotions. So like these godly emotions, and this right here in Second Corinthians chapter eleven verse two, it says, "I am jealous for you." But the godly jealousy, and this is Paul saying that he has this godly jealousy. And he says, I promise, let me go ahead and finish reading that because that was just like a little side side bonus bonus thing about that one. So just in case you ever wonder why all these diseases and all these famines and why God allowed these insects and parasites and all those kind of things, I believe all of that was a result of sin. I don't believe that was originally part of creation, but once man fell, it kind of got mutated or trans transitions into that thing, and uh, it's almost like the the scientists scientists call it the law of thermodynamics, um, where everything comes from order and it goes to disorder. So, 
but getting back to this second Corinthians chapter eleven verse two, it says, I promise you to one husband to Christ, so that I might present you as a pure version to him. <clears throat> so here when Paul says I promise you to be one husband, he is saying that the church is the bride of Christ. And Paul is saying he is presenting <clears throat> he's gonna be he Paul is basically saying he's gonna be the one presenting the bride of Christ, who is us, as a pure virgin to him. Um, so even though in this scripture right here, again, it does not uh, mention um, the church being a bride of Christ, but it mentioned Jesus Christ being a husband. So, of course, we know through the, uh, the symbol of marriage, um, we have a husband and we have a a uh, wife, a man and woman, as a symbol of a, uh, of course, marriage. <clears throat> well, it's not really a symbol. Um, whenever someone actually does get married, it's like they actually really are getting married. And um, but as a, when you look at it spiritually, spiritually, um, it's not just a man and a woman getting married, but it's actually. Every time anyone gets married, I believe uh, all the angels and the fallen angels and all of them, they, they see it. They know what it means. It's uh, basically it's a prophecy um, of what's going to happen when the bride of Christ, which is us, uh, marries the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's actually a, pro- uh, a prophetic demonstration of what is to come. And I believe that's why one of the reasons why the uh, enemy he does not like marriage and he wants to, he wants to uh, destroy it. Um, and of course, not it's not just the devil. Of course, man they do their own things too. To, I don't I'm not trying to put everything on spiritual spiritual because we in our flesh we do own things to destroy marriages and things like that. But as far as speaking it on it from the Strictly spiritual side of it, I believe all the spiritual beings they don't like marriage because it symbolizes what is to come, and it's it's, it's victory. It's marriage is victory for the church, marriage is victory for the bride of Christ, marriage is victory for Jesus. And automatically, if they are victorious, it means that the enemy is what he's not going to be victorious, but he is going to be defeated. So we kind of can look at uh marriage overall is like um kind of like when when you're um i guess you're growing up say as you're growing up and you're um this is like your birthday comes around and you're maybe like 11 or 12 and, and your your father may give you uh or your mother parents or, or uncle or someone may give you like a uh a remote control car you know and they give you this uh, car to not just so you can have fun with the car, but <clears throat> to help you understand how society functions and operates because uh, a car is a big business in the world. I mean, it's transportation, how you can get from point A to B, though we still have our feet, we can walk. But uh, so as you, as you grow grow older, you understand, okay, like when you're younger, like the different shades of car and the wheels and all this kind of stuff, but then you understand that it has a function more just entertain, just to entertain you. 
is actually when you grow older and mature that you're going to actually not just be playing with the car, but you're going to be actually experiencing and driving the cars. Um, maybe you're going on a trip. Maybe you're going to work. Maybe you're helping someone um, get from point A to B or whatever, whatever the case may be. Um, so we're introduced to a car as a toy. And that's almost like how how marriage is, how being uh, the, the symbol of marriage, um, when we think about it naturally, of a man and a woman coming come in and, um, and holy matrimony. Um, marriage is basically just almost like a toy or a symbol when we compare it to the real marriage of uh, us to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. I'm not saying that the marriages that we have is, in, on this world is uh, something plastic, but it's it's not anything that's going to be uh, eternal um, because we know Scripture says in, uh, that the angels in heaven, basically there's there's no marriage and all these kind of things. And then even the uh, some of the, uh, I believe, Pharisees or Sadducees, they were trying to stump Jesus on that issue, like if, someone was married to someone and then their spouse died and then they married someone else and then they died and then they married someone else. Like, well, whose wife is she? And then Jesus said, well, it's not going to be any of that marriage in heaven. So, and they, they didn't even really care anything about that. They were just trying to find something to confuse or, or stump Jesus. So marriage basically is just a symbol. It's something temporary while we're here on earth as a, as a, as a uh, symbolic, kind of thing to help us understand um, our destiny, to help us understand our purpose in Christ. All right. So uh, another scripture that I want to give you is actually uh, in a book of Ephesians. Um, actually, it's in Ephesians chapter 5. Hold on, let me turn to it. And Let's see which verse that I want to start at. I believe I'm in there's several verses. I mean, it's a long passage. It's of like verse from 21 to, yeah, I can just go ahead and read that, 21 to 33. Um, and if, it says, uh, verse 21, it says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. It says, why submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord? For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit, your, should submit to their husbands and everything. So um, let me go, go and continue reading. Husbands, love your wives. It says, Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy and cleansing her by the washing, excuse me, her by the washing of water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body, 
just as Christ does the church. <clears throat> Excuse me. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and is to be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery. Um, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. So right there, that scripture is saying, saying a, a lot of different things, but the main thing is, is uh, this, um, let's see, where is it? This verse 32, verse 32 is actually saying the marriage is, a mystery. That's what Paul is saying, and we are. And I just had it have explained to you the mystery of what it is. It says, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. So before before um, this scripture, before uh, Father God revealed this to Paul, um, just think about that. Ever since Adam and Eve, people have been getting married and and uh, and all these kind of things. Jesus was trying to water the wine. <laughs> You know, uh, Sarah and I, all these marriages, of course, our Father and Jesus, they already knew <clears throat> what it meant. But no one knew for all these years. They just thought it was just like a part of everyday regular life, you know. They never did see anything. Um, I mean, of course, it was – I'm not trying to de- devalue um, marriage. Like, it's just like – like dirt or something like that, but they didn't, they didn't, and I'm not saying people didn't either see the spiritual part of it also, but it, they didn't see the spiritual significance of it. It was a, a mystery. It was, it wasn't revealed to them, but Jesus chose to reveal it to Paul. And he says, this is what marriage is about. This is, this is what it, what it, what it is. And we will find that a lot of things that we do in, in practice here on earth, are are things that our our father has uh, shared with us. Even I talked about a couple of weeks ago about the Lord's Supper, communion. You know, that's just not something um, that the, the, the uh, Jews, the Hebrews, that they invented, but it was something that our father told them to do, you know. And it was, in a sense, they, we know about the Passover, and but it was still a mystery, you know, because when – it was a mystery because the, the uh, death angel passed over and killed all the firstborn of everything from animals to people. But it was still another Passover that was a mystery and it wouldn't be revealed until many, 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 many years in the future when our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ came to this earth and that he he was uh, crucified on a cross, then buried in the ground, but he rose again. And that was the... Uh, that was right there, very, very, very mar- marvelous, marvelous, uh, marvelous mystery because uh, it's not only provided us a way for salvation, but many types of salvation. I believe we can be healed of many things, not just in our spirit and have a relationship with our Father in heaven, but also um, I believe that, that uh, what people call miracles, um, maybe somebody might be, Hit of cancer or, or some other type of disease, or 
maybe it's, it's something mental. There are all types of things that people need deliverance from, salvation from, healing the miracles, and all of that was on the cross. It says that he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement that brought us peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. That's that's um, one of the other mysteries and, and um, scripture, you know. <clears throat> But it, it kind of intertwines and it, and it twingles with this Ephesians chapter 5, verse 32, which says, This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. Now, we as individuals, I mean, as a whole, as a group, group we all make up the, uh, the, the bride of Christ. Another verse in here I want to talk about is this verse 27. And to present her to him as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle, or some say without spot or wrinkle, but holy and blameless. Okay. Now, what does that mean? Okay. The the Paul is um, or the the the, the church. Is um, presenting itself without spot or or wrinkles. You know, um, we have a uh, a lot of different um, teachings on that. What that means. My understanding of that one uh, is um, basically living a righteous life, and what I mean by that is a. Uh, not being like Mother Teresa or anything like that, but maybe it can be that. But what it is is basically yielding to our Father God the best way you know how and and growing closer to the Father each and every day. I think that's the, the best and most simplest way that I can explain what it means to be without spot or wrinkle. Because Scripture says that all has sinned and fallen short of glory of God. It also says that all righteousness is as filthy rags, that was a problem with the, the Pharisees and Sadducees. They were saying, oh, "Okay, I don't go. I don't go to church on this day, and I don't help. I don't. I only walk a certain path on this time, and I only do these certain things at these certain times." And a lot of times, people can become so bogged down in religious rules, saying, "I don't do this. I don't do that." Um, I'm trying to remember the things that someone said. I don't. I don't. I don't curse spit or chew or, or go with those that do. <laughs> so I don't even hang around with any of those type of people. And that's one of the things that they had issues with Jesus because, no, Jesus didn't curse, spit, or chew or anything like that, but he did hang around with those who, who do do that, but that's so he could be a light to them and show them the way, and that's another thing that they have a problem with, you know. But for us to be a bride without spot or wrinkle, a lot of times uh, we see that it can be very, very discouraging. You know, it's like, man, how how am I going to be perfect? You don't know my past. I've I've been locked up in jail. I've been on the streets. I I didn't eat drugs. I didn't curse curse my mother. Or, or whatever the case may be, or I I didn't have abortion or or whatever it is. All those things. No matter what, it's all under the precious blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So, no, no matter if if you uh, uh, killed someone or you lied, you know what well, we all we all have 
broken a commandment. Matter of fact, it says if we broken one commandment, we have broken all all of the commandments. You know, it's it's not one person perfect. And then you start looking at all these things like, man, well, how can I be without spot or wrinkle? Because even am I trying for perfection, I'm still messing up. I'm still falling short. Um, the the thing is that we have the yield the best way we can, the best way we know possible um, within our own hearts according. And, of course, we always use the written word, the scripture, as our guide because uh, it says, as the scripture says, it's a way that seems right unto man, as a proverb, but it uh, leads unto destruction. So there's things like, oh, okay, I'm doing this right, I'm doing this right, but it seems right in your mind, but it's it's not right. Okay, so we have to use the word, the scripture word as our guide, and this will help help us and cause us to be this bride without spot or wrinkle. And um, we have to be very, 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 I know I say very, 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 Jesus said only, <laughs> he only said very, very, like two times, I'm saying it like five or ten times. But um, during these Last and evil days, it says that even the elect probably can be uh, deceived or tricked. So there's a lot of things. Basically, the enemy, I believe, he's pulling out every sort of thing out of his hat. All the tricks in the book, all the tricks in the book that he can that he can pull out. Everything he's done since creation, he's probably going to save some of his best specialist demons and fallen angels for this time, because he knows that his time is very very short. The scripture tells us. So he's going to do whatever he can to stop to stop us from being as close to our Father God as he can, or knowing Him at all. So he's he's trying to stop people from even knowing our Father God. But for us as believers, as the bride of Christ, he's going to try to stop us. We may already know Him, but he he might be trying to stop us from knowing Him more intimately. Um, so we have to be very very careful. And that brings me to another scripture I want to share is uh, Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. This is very, 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 I mean, this is, I'm sorry, I won't say very that much, but this, all the scriptures are important. But this, uh, actually, I'll just go ahead and read it to you. Matthew chapter 25. <clears throat> Excuse me. He says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamp and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five of them were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. And while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. And all of those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, No, not so. Least there not be enough for us. And you, it is not enough for us and you, but go ye rather to them to sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. And afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. 
But he answered and said to them, Verily, verily, I say to you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. So this passage in uh, Matthew 25 is saying many things. Again, it's talking about the bride of Christ and being ready. And it's talking about the wise took oil in their vessels while the, the foolish ones, they didn't take any oil with them. And so the question is, what what is this oil? I believe the oil is um, being full of the, the Holy Spirit. And I'm not really talking about like, oh, speaking in tongues and all those those types of things. But just the very presence of the Holy Spirit and how how you can be, be full of the Holy Spirit is, I believe, through prayer, um, fasting, reading a word, worshiping, um, all these types of things, I believe, help you be, become full of the Holy Spirit and, and help your oil, I guess uh, this is a symbol of the oil, to be full to be full in your lamp for, for when the uh, the groom comes, you'll be prepared and ready, and you won't be like the um, the foolish ones who um, I believe they they were probably ones who were just it says they were they were virgins too, but they didn't have the oil. I believe they were people who were um, maybe religious, maybe more like the Pharisees and Sadducees, just going through an outward form, you know. We can look at people. I heard. I heard people say there's going to be people in heaven that uh, that we're surprised that uh, that they're there. <laughs> you know, and there's going to be other people going like I thought they was they was going, and that's because you can go to a, a church and there can be somebody that's there every Sunday, every Wednesday, or whatever day they have service service. Or maybe they even sit on the front front row. But they might be going there because their parents went there or their grandparents went there, and that's all they do. And they're looking at their clock, not really paying attention or focusing on what the pastor or minister is saying or what the word is, word is saying. And they are just doing it out of tradition and religion. And they're, they're, um, they're, they're, uh, thing, they're, they're now filled with the oil, filled with the Holy Spirit. But then you have someone, in that same church Or maybe it's someone They're not even in the church at all But they're just at home And they're worshiping and praising the Lord In their own way Drawing closer to the Father that way So it doesn't necessarily have to be in a church Or without a church But the thing is The, the important key thing is Is that you for yourself You for yourself Are a region where you're not dependent on Anyone In the middle Okay you're not dependent on anyone in the middle. You're not dependent on no priest, pastor, no other teacher. I mean, I'm I'm not saying it's it's good to have those people in your lives because they can help you get better understanding. But you should not limit yourself to that, okay? Because if there was some way where they they have got taken out the picture, then you got to fend for yourself. You know, it's like the saying, uh, uh, "Give a man a fish and he can eat for a day," or Show show someone how to fish, and then he can, I guess, eat for a lifetime or however long he's here. That we should be like the second one spiritually. Now they use that that fish thing, like as far as like um, showing someone how to do a skill or task or things like that. But we should also take that and apply that spiritually too, so that we can be this 
bride of Christ in preparation for uh, when he comes. Of course, we are. We are once we accept our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we are already perfect. We are already righteous, and all these kind of things. It's, it's nothing that we can do within ourselves to uh, work our way and all these kind of things to heaven. It's not. It's nothing that we can do. The only thing we can do is is believe. <laughs> that that's that's the crazy thing. That's probably why a lot of people don't believe, because it sounds like a fairy tale. Oh, all you got to do is believe. Well, we had to believe with our heart and confess. With our mouth that uh, Jesus Christ, that's what it says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if we believe with our heart and confess with our mouth um, that, that uh, Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, that we shall be saved. That's what the scripture says. That's what the word says. Um, <clears throat> so uh, anyway, I say all that. There's nothing we can do. We can't give so much money to the poor. Um, we can't attend so many Sunday schools and say, oh, look at my, my attendance. I have almost perfect attendance. No, those things are not going to cause you to be the bride of Christ. No, the only thing that's going to cause you to be your bride of Christ is your heart towards the Father, and that's believing in him, that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins. And those are things we can do, you know, to help our oil, to help us to be wise. It says, but the wise took their oil on the vessels with the land. That's uh, Matthew chapter 25 verse 4 So that's why we should Read the word or stay in the word as much as we can That helps us to be wise You know it's not your IQ test um, It's not going to Harvard, Princeton, Yale Or all these institutions Not having a PhD All those kind of things Not trying to take away from any of those things Those those things are important I believe our father he wants us to learn things He wants us to learn about science, mathematics Because if if you really study that you 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 see that uh, those things they don't disprove God, but they actually prove God. <laughs> if you look at it without slanted understanding, you will see these that these different fields um, they prove God existence. There's something beyond man, you know. <clears throat> and then Scripture shows it's not just something beyond man, but it it's someone. It's someone. You know, and not just someone, but someone who loves us, someone who cares for us, someone who knows us. Um, so that that's all I really had about the um, the Bride of Christ and the uh, scriptures that I wanted to share. And I guess the main the main point of it is that uh, that we should be prepared because it's verse five it says, "While the bridegroom tarries." So sometimes it seems like in that. Things are like, oh, okay, when is he coming back, you know? And they all slumbered and slept. So they was like just kind of doing, you have the rest, you have the sleep. But then he came at midnight and um, some of them wasn't ready. So we need to be ready and help those who are around us to be ready to be a, a bride of Christ. We should not be like on those shows, you know, like the the, the bridezilla where the bride is going, <laughs> the bride is going crazy. Like, where's my wedding cake? Where's Where's my dress and all these kind of things? No, we 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 should not be like that. We should be like the 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 humble ones, you know, the the, the ones, you know, to help others get ready. Um, Dorothy, did you have anything you want to say about it or add to it? If you're there, yeah, I think one aspect that we don't think about is before the bridegroom comes, it is perfectly appropriate to help the help others fill their 
lamps with oil. Just as as long as we make sure what we have given away is replenished in our time with Him, in our time in the oh, Word. Oh yes, that you is know? important because <laughs> yes, because that's part of our job, I think. It is. It's a it's a lot of uh, pastors, ministers, and teachers, and they they give. They are really like it's not the ones you like you usually see on TV. The ones who are always give me, give me, give me. My name is Jimmy. They're trying to get planes and jets. But it's a lot of people like on corner churches and sometimes they don't even have a churches. But they're they're giving all to the community, all to the people. And you don't ever hear about them. You don't ever know about them. And they're sharing and helping it, and they're and they're winning many souls and going people to Christ. And they're not like on any news report or anything like that. But they is affected. And touch so many people's lives, and then sometimes all those people they get burned out, and they like you said they don't have any oil, and they get so running around. I guess they forget, you know. But you always have to remember, like yeah, we're we're supposed to do that. We're supposed to help other people, but at the same time, while we're helping people, don't forget about your relationship with. the Father, but yeah, that's why we're here. Like that's the main other reason to help others, to help others grow, to help. It's almost like we're we're lifting them up so they can get over this wall, and then they can reach down and pull us back up and help us too. You know, so we're, we're supposed to be helping helping each other um, to do that. Um, yeah, that's what I was thinking when you were saying that. You know. It's amazing how scripture speaks to you on different levels at different times. You know, it's just Yes. It's uh it's a scripture I can't remember where it is. I think it's in Peter, but it's talking about the manifold blessings and the manifold wisdom of God. And that word manifold means that it's like basically like an understanding with an understanding or a scripture within scripture meaning like the scripture is always saying the same thing, but at different times and in different seasons in our life, that same scripture, though, it says the same thing, but it's speaking to us in a different way for whatever we're going through. And it doesn't change what it was saying before, but it's like bringing an extra dimension to us. I know that's kind of kind of, kind of weird or whatever, but it's like another understanding that it's saying something to us different though it's still always saying what it was originally intended to say, but it's speaking to us in a different way because we're in a, in a different season in our life. It's almost like uh, how the sun and moon, the sun is always in the same place, and depending on where the earth is, we're either in a, the shadow shadow of it or we're like when it's night or we're right in front of it, you know, so... Yes, the word is Absolutely. always, always there. You know, the word is always there. It's always there, and it's all, it's always speaking. It just depends on where we, we're at in life, and He's always trying to use it to reach, reach it, reach at us and grab, grab at us, no matter how low or far down we may seem to be. You know. Yes. Um, Well, I guess I will um, go ahead and close in prayer. And I hope 
probably people out there listening are able to get something from the bride of Christ. Again, the scriptures I'd use is uh, Matthew chapter 25, uh, Ephesians chapter 5, and Second Corinthians chapter 11, um, which all talked about the um, our bride, which is the bride of Christ. I'll close out in prayer. Um, Father, we thank you for your goodness, grace, and mercy. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your salvation, Father. Teach us, Father, the Lord, to be a bride, Father, Lord, without spot or wrinkle. Help us to continue to help our brothers and sisters to have their oil filled and as we are helping them to fill their oil, Father, Lord, so that they can be ready when you come, that we also will continue to fill ours through reading your word, through listening to you, through prayer, through worship, and um, just through being in your presence, Father. We thank you. I lift up all the listeners that you heal them in their mind their bodies and their souls. I lift up our nation as everything that's going on in the country from the East Coast to the West Coast. Father, I pray for the uh, students, Father, whether they're in colleges or high schools or whatever, that you will protect them during these last couple of months or last couple of weeks, depending on what part of the country you're in. Protect them from all hurt, harm, and danger. Your word says that no weapon formed against us will prosper. Father, Lord, don't let any guns, ammunitions, or whatever it may be, Father, um, that is coming against them, Father, even some drunken drivers. Save them, protect them, Father. Not just your people, Father, but the ones who are connected with them, their classmates, Father, Lord, their cousins, Father, their neighbors. We thank you, Father. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, um, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Thank you, Dorothy. And hopefully we'll be able to get back on schedule. Yes. Now that you're not going to be traveling. We should be. Oh, yeah. Are you traveling next week? No, I'm not traveling. I don't travel. I'm talking about you traveling. Oh, okay. Yes, I will not be. Yeah. So, yeah, next week if we can go. Yeah, we should be able to go back to the normal normal time next week. Yes. You want to go back to seven instead of eight, or do you need to stay at eight? Okay. No, no, no. That sounds work better. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. Well, um. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in, and um. And I, God bless everyone. Yes, Father, bless everyone. Thank you for listening. And you have a blessed night, Jameer. Yes, you too. Thank you. Good night.